What up? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 13 of the No Mercy podcast. No one better to join me on episode number 13, which is known as the worst number than the worst co-host, Jeff Manns, at Jeff underscore Manns. We'll be going over a little bit about week five. We're going to talk about the Yankees being eliminated briefly. We're going to go heavy into the DFS tournaments uh, and the structures and the payouts on them. Uh, You'll hear my rant about that pretty close to the beginning of the podcast. We're going to go into week six. Uh, this look ahead of this coming week at the end of the podcast, mixed in the middle. We got some fuck, Mary kills worked in there. Uh, we talked heavily about 20 minutes on Colin Kaepernick. Uh, maybe it was even 25 minutes. I don't know. It, was, it seemed pretty long, but uh, probably said some shit that's going to get me in the papers. Who the fuck knows? I went off. I don't even fucking care. I'm just done. The reason I have this podcast is to make statements about things I hate. So went on a long rant about Colin Kaepernick and that whole fucking thing that's going on over there. So uh, we had some fun. Not as much chaos and joking a lot more ranting and anger on this 13th episode but uh, I think you're going to enjoy it and uh, stay tuned sign up for guruelite.com go download subscribe review no mercy iTunes Spotify Google Play download it on all of them listen to it on everyone even if you're not going to listen to it just go give us the downloads but uh, without further ado hit it Miyagi mercy is for the weak we do not train to be merciful here a man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G. A very depressed Tommy G. Coming off my uh, Yankees elimination game last night. Hopefully here to cheer me up definitely here to troll the shit out of me is uh my partner jeff mann what's up jeff? <laughs> yeah go red sox Woo! no fucking that's asshole. terrible that's i ter- saw your fucking tweet today <laughs> i didn't let that slide <laughs> i know you gotta understand from our point of view though that we are like listen when I, we were just friends it's like yeah no problem fuck it go ahead go yankees whatever now we're in with you i knew and the pe- people need to understand this too that if the Yankees made like the world went all the way to the game seven of the World Series, we'd lose six weeks of Tommy. Like he would just <laughs> it would be the Tommy G the lost tapes again. So from a business partner of yours, a guy who really enjoys doing these shows with you, I kinda needed the Yankees to lose. I didn't actively root against. I just kind of remained neutral. But you weren't you weren't unhappy when they lost. Ex- exactly. So that was and rough. it's true because I literally had yeah. um, me and Teddy Fingers, who's becoming a legend within the uh, Instagram story community. Uh, me and Teddy Fingers bought uh, 12 rows off the Yankee dugout in Fenway. So we had tickets for Fenway. Yep. So if they went to game five, you better damn well believe that I would have been probably off the radar for a whole travel day there oh yeah then off the radar for the whole day of the game then off the, we might not have had a no mercy pod this week that's what i mean it would it would have been me like hello everybody uh please start uh uh tj yeldon and uh, you know that would have been the pod it would have been bad yeah no it's uh it's yeah. it's uh it's unfortunate so uh, we're aaron we're boone. happy to have you tommy it's yeah it's a good I, i'm not happy to be here trust me i know but uh aaron boone is the worst manager in the history of fucking baseball i said at the second game of the season when aaron boone decided to pitch to justin smoke with a righty on the hill and and pitched to the lefty justin smoke instead of pitching to josh donaldson who basically everyone knew was about to hit the dl with a shoulder injury righty to righty 
at that moment, I sent out a tweet saying, Aaron Boone is the worst fucking manager in the world, and we're never going to win a World Series with him. So I knew this was going to happen. He left CC in way too long. Do you hear what happened the last yeah. game I was at in game three, Jeff, with Severino? When they I know you've been in football mode. Did you hear what happened? When they beat the hell out of him. Yeah. Did yeah. you hear what happened before that game? No. Was that no one on the Yankees staff knew what time the game started? No. no. They thought no. the game was Stop an eight ten start. Stop this. And the game started at seven forty. They had to be out for the national anthems at seven twenty five. Severino started warming up seven minutes before the game started. What do they work for Guru Lead or something? Dude, like, do the Yankees is, own us? Is this something? I, this feels a lot. No one on the coaching staff knew what time the game was, and the players <laughs> are wandering around, not even in baseball mode, until they get a notification going, fuck, guys, the game starts. They want us out for the national anthem in five minutes. Jesus. And everyone's like, what? And now you know why Severino came out looking like he did. Yeah, it looked like dog shit, and it is one of those. It's, that's something Hugh Jackson would pull. That's yeah. a Hugh Jackson move. Like, what? What do we do? I don't. Everyone's I like, don't. it looks like the Yankees didn't show up. Yeah, they didn't know they had to be there. Yeah, they're <laughs> waiting for the game to start in thirty. Still minutes. napping in the locker room. Yeah. Oh boy, terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's. Listen, let's just all be happy they're gone. Yeah, be happy they're gone. I- I'm actually fucking happy they're gone right now because Aaron Boone was gonna fuck this up one way or the other. So at least he did it now, and just I could just fucking get back to work and focus on football. Exactly. So uh, on this show, we're gonna talk a little bit about last week. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about next week. Uh, we'll do some fuck, marry, kills. I want to talk about Kaepernick for sure. I want to get heavy into the DFS tournament structure. Uh, I'm sure you saw my tweet, Jeff. I don't know if a lot of people out there saw it at Tommy G. You can go into my photos and get to it quickly, all the ones with the screenshots of money. But uh, we're going to talk about how these tournaments are paying out on DraftKings and what we could do to help it. But, I mean, Jeff, you know where I'm going to go with this. It's just a matter of where do we want to start? We want it's, to start with the DFS tournaments and get right into that? Yeah, go into it because you're hot on it, and I don't blame you one iota because, I mean, you pretty much hit the Holy Trinity this week, and uh, this, it's a problem. Explain to people what happened with you. Is that This is the third time this has happened to me in five weeks. Maybe fourth, but I know this exact scenario in three. My tweet was that um, this week I cashed 80% of my Millie Maker lineups. I only put five in. I don't put 100 in the Millie Maker anymore because it's a fucking money dump. I cashed 80% of my Millie Maker lineups, 75% of my $333 entry lineups, which is, I put four in there, so it's about a twelve dollars to $1,500 investment. And then I cashed my only $2,000 entry lineup. So if I tell you that right now, mm-hmm. 75% of my $300 entries, 80% of my Millie Maker entries, and 100% of my $2,000 entries, and not all of them were like bubble teams, that I didn't well, even double my money? <laughs> I mean, are you fucking kidding me? I I want I didn't even double my money. Let's get this in perspective for people, because what Tommy is saying is uh, how many tournaments would you say this is total? These this three. There was more. There's a screenshot with like all 10 tournaments. I Okay, so I mean, you're talking about the minimum, absolute minimum. And I don't know. Maybe you have the exact figures. But in order to even min cash in a GPP, a a guaranteed prize pool tournament, as they call it in daily fantasy sports, you got to be a top 15 percent lineup. So what Tommy is saying right, right. he built numerous lineups that hit there's the top 15% of all lineups in all contests, top 15% of the world, and didn't 
wasn't able to double the investment he got. He, he cashed and he profit, but it didn't equal his. Just think about that for a minute, folks. Imagine being that good at something that you did your know, top 15% of your class and everything else. It's like being top 15% of your class, not going to college. You can't, you're not admitted to any college. It's like you got to go to community college. You got to go to junior college. What? Wait, what, are you, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm top 15%. It's impossible. Yeah. Nobody's doing it. 85% of other assholes can't do it. You did it and still didn't. And that, Tommy, that's a problem. That's a major that's, problem in the industry. It's a huge problem. And, Jeff, every time, I mean, listen, all you got to do is listen to this show every Wednesday or Thursday. Every time I come on here, the first show of the week, like, bro, I just missed the fucking nuts. Like, I just missed six figures, and instead I walked with double my money. Like, this has been the story of my year. I have never had a better football season from a from a touting perspective and telling our subs who to take and from a building solid top percentage lineups perspective than I have in the first five weeks of this season. I have slayed it, and you have too. We've been yeah. on the shows together. Four out of the five weeks, and it's probably because we're doing so many shows together, we're in harmony, right. but we have destroyed four of the five weeks. Yes. Week two was an abortion for both of us. But, exactly. And you actually made money in that. I actually did but, make money, and right. I lost money at week one, which is just, just a random just, occurrence that will just, happen. Right. But yeah. we'll, just, we'll just forget that for the future. Just it was still four because, out of five, exactly, like you're right. saying. And that, that's the thing. Again, going four and one, that don't happen. I mean, that's not easy to do in this, folks. No. And especially – and I, I give you credit all the time for being a tournament player, whereas I'm more of a cash player. So I've got a 50% chance – to cash, and quite frankly, even though I'm four and one on the season, I, and I illustrated it over at GuruLeet.com, I wrote an article recapping my lineup, the thought process, everything's right in there. How I settled in from all the players in the article down to the lineup, it's a lot easier. I have a lot better chance. You being a tournament player, thing I respect the hell about you all the time is that you're able. You will know you're going to lose to a certain degree, maybe two, three weeks in a row, sometimes. Or, or minimally cash or whatever, because it all sets up that massive, that huge freaking thing. And it takes balls to do it. It takes confidence in what you're doing and your analysis to do it. And you do it time and time again, even in your so-called down years, as you claim, you're still able to do it, which is very hard to do. Now it's to the point, though, that what the fuck is going Like you won I mean, four weeks or, or problem, four out of five yeah. weeks and stuff. And if, unless you absolutely have the number one lineup, which this isn't a business where you have to have the number one. If you're playing a head to head, yes, there's two people, if there's 400,000 people. You're never going some asshole, random person who's fucking spit names out of their poop shoot. They could have the nut lineup just by mere luck. Your goal is to have you know, a, a quality top 15%. If I'm hitting top 15% lineups, and I'm not making massive dollars, something's wrong with the fucking system. And that's exactly where we stand entering week six of the season. The thing that's wrong with the system right now that has changed, it wasn't like this even two years ago. It's changed so drastically. And I'm just reading you the $333 Wildcat. Mm -hmm. When we used to get up to the hundreds of dollars, it used to be a much more level playing field. It wasn't because you're not baiting in the average knucklehead at that point, right? You're dealing with guys who play heavier volume. Those publicity tricks, the I lost 50 pounds in three weeks shit, isn't working for the guys playing $300, $500, $2,000, right? So, yeah, you can go bait the people into a $10 millimaker ticket, 500000 of them all over the country, and they're just going to see a million to first and then jump in. But once you get up in stakes, the 
players are smarter and they see through that shit. But I guess they're not. Because the $333 Wildcat this week has 2,700 people in it. 2,669 mm-hmm. coming up. And 47% of the prize pool is going to the top 10 teams. 50% is going to 10 out of 2,669. And that's normal. That's normal. Shouldn't be. For 50% of the prize. There's tournaments where 50% are going to top two in these tournaments. So, I mean, that's actually somewhat normal in today's industry. The problem is the min cash used to be at least double your money. Right. So if you put 333 in, min cash used to be like 800, right? So I used to be able to consistently not hit the big number, but get over the 20% pay line to get in that top 20% and then make three times my money, four times my money, two times my money, two and a half times my money until that big hit comes. But when I'm getting across this fucking line and you're doubling your money, Jeff, on 50-50s, right? You're putting a top 50% fucking lineup in and you're doubling your money. And I'm putting a top 15% lineup in Mm -hmm. and not doubling my money. There's either a problem with the system, a problem with me, or both. And that's the bottom line. The answer is it's both. Yes. The system's fucked up, and I'm fucked up for feeding into it. Exactly. That, and that's true. I mean, you, everyone, I'm part of the all problem. Of us, all of us have got to take our, our blame because, listen, they what they do, it's just like with fans. It's, like, it's no different than being a Yankee fan in your case. Or I was a White Sox fan. I was a season ticket holder for 10 years. And it got to the point where they like raising prices and losing teams. And then, oh, the, the raising prices is enough. Then you need to buy a personal seat license just for the right to pay that money. Japanese ball players, well, you got to pay them a million, $100 million in salary. Oh, and you have to pay us $20 million to post the rights. Like, what the fuck? Wait, what are all these extra fees? It's like renting a car or your, go look at your cell phone bill. I urge everybody, go look at your fucking cell phone bill right now. I don't give a fuck who your carrier is. Go look, and what you think your plan is, oh, it's $39.95, $69.95. Yeah, and then t- tax, 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 fee, 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 tax, tax, tax. Fucking another $50? I mean, and that's what the DFS companies are doing. They're raking us. They're saying, hey, we know you fucking ignoramuses want a million dollars. We know you want $100,000. We know you want 10000 whatever the high price. We're only going to put these high price tags in, and one of you idiots will win, and then basically the rest of you just have to pay that dude. Because that's all we're fucking doing. And that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not, that's not what this is all about. It's not winner-take-all type shit. If that was the case, we should play Survivor style. Where week after week, let's see who has the best right. cumulative lineup over what? Oh, my God, what do you know? That's seasonal fantasy. What do yeah. you know? And, and, and that's what it is. It should. I mean, I love big money. Like this $3,000 entry Millie Maker this week with a $3 million prize pool. I would much rather see this be 1,100 people do a four-week survivor for the million and then work it down. Make it a skill game. Make it something that you can get your money's worth and drag it out. Don't give me – I mean, and listen, I'm probably going to play it because where else in life do you have a chance to put in $3,000 and turn it into a million against only 1,100 people? Right. You know? Like, where else do you have that chance? Yeah. I get it. This tournament, 57%. And there's there's little things you could do to calculate this on your on your uh, on DraftKings page, but 33 percent of this money is going to first place, and 57 percent is going to top 10. So again, it's like it's just how do you do this? So what do we do? So how do we fix this? First of all, honestly, 
the $267 four-entry winner-take-all makes more sense because it's top 25 getting paid, one out of four, and you're going in 4X in your money to only beat three people. So for me, that's my new quote-unquote cash game. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play tournaments like that. I'm going to play these $1,000 winner-take-all tournaments with four people, the $267 with four people. That's really what it is. 25% is getting paid instead of 20%. So it's a lower pay line. I only got to beat three guys, and I can win five, six times my money. Uh, that and I have dialed, dialed down my volume, Jeff. I used There were weekends last year where I'd play 20 grand, 30 grand on a Sunday. Right. You know how much I played last week? Four. Four grand? Four grand. Yeah. And you know what? I played 800 in qualifiers. Yeah. Like, that's the new me. That's, that's well, they force and, and it into you. That, it's you know that what? or it, just, I mean, basically, they should have a donate button. Because that's what not it, playing. It just, that's, they're like, just here, here, we know you're going to play five grand. So here, why don't you play three grand or two, 2,500 a contest and then just donate the rest of the money to us because it's all bullshit anyway. Like that's, that's essentially what they're, they're preying on everybody that way. Yeah. I, dude, you know how much it sucks for high stakes players, Jeff, the tournaments this week? Mm. Like they've even removed all those middle-sized middle tournaments. Me and Magic Sports Guy were talking about it the other day. They have a $3,000 entry tournament where I got to play 1,100 people. And then there's nothing. The $1,000 tournament is a six entry, right? Yeah. So there's no big prize there. Right. The $300 tournament's 22 people. The other $300 tournament is 2,600. There's no soft spot for the high-stakes player anymore. There's no $500, 300-man tournament. There's no $400, 400-man tournament. Where, yeah, it's a bunch of people. There's a good first-place prize, but there's not thousands. They've eliminated that right. from the high-stakes players to force us all to mass enter the lower stuff, to go 150 in the lower stuff, right. and to mass enter the $26,000 entry and $5,000 entries. They have eliminated the middle to force all the sharks down into your game listeners and to force all the sharks to exchange rake up at $20,000. Yep. Exactly. Exchange. That's why they did pass the money back and forth. Yep. They were passing it back up top and they're sharking the fish at the bottom. Yep. And that's, that's what, what's going on. It's become that way over time. And it's like back in the day, you used to be able to, if you're a good player, Right, you used to be able to win your way into higher dollar tournaments. You used to win tickets and things like that. You can still do that, but it you know how what it is like to find those. And there's so few contests mm-hmm. where you get those tickets and you could work your way up. And th- those are the winner take all ones, but you could do it for you know a couple dollars, five dollars, whatever it may be. Win your way into a hundred dollar tournament or you know thousand dollar even, depending on how many people. There used to be a lot of different ways to do that. It's the same with cash games too, Tommy. Is this year? I mean, I'm, Ted came to me in week two. He's like, Jesus Christ. He goes, where are the contests? I mean, right. I think where did week, they all go? Week one and two, I want to say Ted and I had maybe $400 in play <laughs> because yeah. there wasn't any, there's no more contests. He's like, I entered everything I could possibly enter. I'm like, I don't, he goes, do you want to go down to fucking 10 man tournaments? 20? I'm like, no, no. Cause that, that's what they want you to fucking do because that's less for them you know they could fill up 10-man contests easily but then it's random and variant for us because i don't want right. to compete against 10 people i want 100 people so i know i'm getting over at least 50 of these motherfuckers so the first two weeks we had barely any fucking money at play 
And, you know, we split those weeks and won like, you know, 900 bucks. I was like, what the fuck? And thank God that week three, we actually hit over 10 grand in GPP because, quite frankly, we've, we're 4 and 1 in cash games. And I did the, the breakdown. Unfortunately, I don't have it in front of me. I think we've won maybe 2,800 in cash this entire year, four weeks, $2,800. And we play every contest there is. There is not one within my parameters, single entry, 50-50 of 100 or more players. We play every single one. There's not even one that we're not in. We scoop them all the early in the week. and There's just not that many offered. And it's, it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, it's kind of pissing me off. It's, it's really pissing me off because, like, my favorite tournament is the Juke on DraftKings. It's uh-huh. $400. It's 277 people. It's 20000 a first, 10000 a second. You know, still very top-heavy, obviously, but you got to expect that. But at least, like, that's a good tournament. There used to be, like, 10 like that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. They'd have the 2,700-person, 333, and then they'd have the 300-person, 300, you know? Like, there was just more options in the past. They're forcing us into certain games is what's happening. And because it's, it's, it's easier to hide the rake. It's so yeah. much easier to hide the rake in the Millie Maker and the mm-hmm. Millionaire one over on FanDuel and stuff. Because like, no one cares. They yeah. could just hide it because none of us, it, you know how hard it is doing the math. Like, you did the math today, but, I mean, you've been playing your whole life. Or yeah, I get, like. I, I'll give you the number right here just so Go you ahead. have it. So the rake in the Millie Maker on DK is 15%. <laughs> Compared to the three thousand dollar millimaker, which is only ten percent, so literally they're both millimakers. Right, they're both three million dollars plus, but the high dollar one is ten percent, and the low dollar one's fifteen percent. The right. play action rake, uh, I'm just pulling that out. That's the three dollar tournament, Jeff. So that three dollar tournament is sixteen percent. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, sixteen percent. Yet the three hundred thirty three dollar is nine point nine percent. So it's like the reason why is they because went to a flat the, fucking lo- the $33 one real quick is 14.25. So like the the lower you go, the less people fucking know what's going on. Right. I dare you to try and charge fucking 16% rake on a $6,000 tournament. Yeah. You know, it's all fucking the Thunderdome or something. You know what the right. F- hey, wait, you getting that pass by us. Right. That shit by us. You know, even if you look at the fucking queue. Our $5,000 qualifier is only 14% rake. That's a qualifier where they're raking the shit out of those things. Right. You know, like the qualifiers get absolutely but raked. Qualifiers like are like the lottery. It's almost like a tax for the dumb at this point. It. No offense, right. but I realize that because, listen, fortunate back in the day to have hit a bunch of qualifiers and shit, but I, I can't stand it anymore because it's not just that. Yeah, they, they rake the shit out of those qualifiers, but then... Then they they claim this entry fee that you get for the other, the bigger tournament. For one, they're going to charge you all this money for fucking food and accommodations. Where give me a fucking break on how much a hotel nah, yeah, room? Nah, and a real prize fucking... value is not. That's not a seventy thousand dollar value. Yeah, exactly. It's really like well, your thirty five thousand dollar entry into the the big right. actual final event, and then they're charging like twenty thirty thousand dollars for yeah. expenses. Get the fuck out of here! And they limit. They're like thousand dollars all you get for your flight. Are you fucking serious? Like really? Well, no. My favorite is the the excursion expenses. It's like I've been to those parties, and guess oh, what? Yeah. I'm the fucking party. Yes. Like you should be paying me. That's how yeah. boring the parties are without me. Oh, we okay, hired a so. 1980s athlete yeah, for a five thousand dollar appearance fee. Meanwhile, we took one hundred seventy thousand from you. Right. I'm paying to be your party. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. how I always look at it. Yep. 
But uh, but yeah. So I mean, these contests are. What do you do about it? The key is to play cash games. That's part of it. Yep. To play these low winner take all four mans and six mans. That's something that I'm going to start doing. To just really be cognizant of what's going on in these in these tournaments and to look at not just look at the top prize. Like the one thing I always do is stop looking at the top prize. Yes. Assume you're not going to win the top three spots, mm-hmm. and then look at the tournament and see you still want see if you still want to join it. If you look at that and go, okay, if I don't come in the top five, would I still want to buy that? Like if you look at the play action, yeah. the play action is the easiest tournament on the board. The 20 entry max play action for $3, so you could put $60 worth of entries into that thing if you max it, is the best tournament on the board. It's the one I cash every single week with the most. It has the lowest pay lines from what I've realized. And it's top 10. It's only 10% to first, which is the lowest, I think, of any tournament out there. Only 10%. And you still make 100 grand, but 10% of the prize pool is going to first place. And only 25% of the prize pool is going to the top 10. That's the best tournament on the board. Yeah. Compared to the Millie Maker. So I said 10% to first. The Millie Maker is 40% to first. (laughs) I'm sorry, 30% to first. And the top 10 is 40% of the money. So you want a good tournament for you guys to get into who are small dollar players. The 20 entry max play action is the single best one on DraftKings, and I'm sure they have a similar one on FanDuel. By far, it's not even close. I'd rather see you spend all 60 of your GPP dollars in that one tournament because mathematically it makes sense. You're not going against 150 lineups. It's it's a flatter pool. Yep. That's the nuts. That's the tournament. And that's I, my answer for low dollar. Advice guys. I always give people for tournament plays, um, when you don't ever look at the top prize. Look at right. the last payout. Assume you're going to get the last payout. So like in the in the millionaire maker, fifteen dollars. Are you comfortable putting in, you know, whatever, uh, you know, ten dollars to win fifteen? Is that because that's realistic. That's that's what you're going to make. That's the that's the real. If you start getting up there out of four hundred thousand, you start getting the top one hundred, well then fine. You've had a, a such an amazing day, you know, nothing's you're gonna win money regardless. You need to start looking at the final payout. Are you comfortable if you hit that? That's the reality. The dream of a million. That's how they get you to hand over your cash. That's how they end up getting your entire bankroll out of you with you and your fucking dreams of a million dollars instead of your reality that, hey, I had a great day. I hit 15 bucks. Because guess what, folks? That 44,750 first lineup, or I'm, or I'm sorry, 95,750th lineup, it's a fucking great day. That is a great fucking day you just had, and you got $15 for it. And, you you know, fine. It's nothing to be ashamed of, but that's what you need to focus on because that's reality. You getting a million dollars from entering it, ain't fucking real. You ain't doing that shit. Get the fuck out of here. Yep. Not and the other thing is, too, I just realized that that tournament that I just said is the best tournament, which mathematically it is. I just went through every basic tournament on the board. Um, 10% to first, only 25% to the top 10. Of course, it's the highest rate tournament on the board at 15.9. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. The second best tournament, not counting rake percentage, is the uh, the bootleg, the $33 bootleg, which is only 13% to first place and 29% to top 10. And the best, uh, what was the best min payout one here? There was one that pays 2x for min cash. 
I just saw. There was another one on there. So, but these are the things you guys should do at the beginning of the week. Yeah. Um, if you don't, like, I have a lot of this written out and stuff. But what you should do at the beginning of the week is look at the tournaments that are within your price range that you're thinking about entering. Here's one of them. The SPY, the single entry SPY for $100. Yeah. Only a 10%, 10% rate, yeah. which is good. Uh, 2x min cash, which is rare. So you're going to double your money on last place. Uh, only 15% to the top prize, but 41% of that pool is to the top 10. So mm -hmm. that's a lot higher. You'd like to see that number around 25, 30%. Right. So it's very top heavy on the top 10 teams, they are, but though. low rake, double your money on the min cash and only 15% to first. So, But 10 um, out of 2,200 is a lot better than, you know, top 20 out of 440,000. Yeah, exactly. I mean, your, your exactly. shot is so much more likely. And guys, and here's another thing. When you look at the millionaire maker and shit like that, I mean, just face it. Um, the, the high score, the score you need to secure that million dollars is so you, you need, it's, it's beyond insane. perfection. It's, you need like 300 point lineup. Whereas that $30,000 in the spy that Tommy's talking about, you have to be 2000. I'll guarantee the high, high score in there most weeks, probably, you know, maybe 30 to 40% less. You, you, the lineup you need. So yeah. you're a, you're so much more closer to the 30,000 than trying this dream of a million. Like, are you guys, if you're the kind of people that bitch about $30,000, I, I don't, fuck you. I don't want to talk right. to you. Because I don't even want to know I'm you rich, people. and 30000 is a lot to me. Exactly. So, exactly. I mean, straight yeah. up, you can't be. I mean, especially in this honest. business. You know, <laughs> like, if I win 30 grand this weekend, I'm fucking, yes, motherfucker. Like, like fucking, I'm happy as a pig in shit. And I've won 200 in a day before. So, like, here, you I'm have to jump through. As shit. You have to jump through, you know, 500 rings of fire to get a million dollars or would you jump through one to get 30,000 right <laughs> that's, that's you're burnt you're, you're never gonna do the other one so i'm gonna jump through the one ring of fire pretty easy to do just dodge the thing and boom you're good you got 30,000 in your pocket that's the yep. smart move i mean that's that's it right there the millie maker lineup uh was about 235 i think this week to win the millie maker and it was like 207 in the wildcat you know mm -hmm. so that's a whole player you know, 28 yeah. points. That's Mass that's, that's a massive percent less that you needed to score, you know, to end up to end up still taking home a hundred thousand. Or two, I'm sorry, two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. So instead of a million, you took to home a quarter of a million, but you had to beat four thousand teams instead of beating four hundred thousand teams. You know, like this is the type of logical things that you need to make these decisions on. So the bottom line here is be cognizant, dial down how much you're playing in GPPs if you're not seeing the results because every GPP has kind of become a qualifier. Like, that's basically what it is. Like, you either bink Winner it at some nothing. point or you, you go home mad. Yep. Uh, scale up your cash games. Identify the weaknesses and exploitations of the tournaments. Know how much goes to first. Know how much goes to rake. Do the math on that, on those six tournaments that you're looking at. Make that your Tuesday assignment when the tournaments drop. And, and really try and play some of those five-mans and six-mans. Maybe if you were going to play $100 in GPPs this week, you know, play the $60 winner-takes-all with five people and then throw 40 in something else rather than going and dumping into those things. So I think that's the solution uh, to get to that. Right, Jeff? Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Take on All people right. where you can actually beat them. Give Just yourself the best chance to win. Have a plan. Have a plan. Know what you're getting into. And then uh, just, just be cognizant. Be aware. Know what you're doing. Let's do a fuck, marry, kill here. 
Oh. Uh, on topic, too, Jeff. Ooh, this fun. isn't a crazy one. Oh. All right, so this is actually topical fuck, marry, kill. So I, the question was not a fuck, marry, kill, but mm -hmm. I'm going to turn it into a fuck, marry, kill. So the original question, Jeff, was would you rather make a million dollars winning the win, winning the Millie Maker, winning a live final, or winning the Vegas Super Contest? So I'm going to make it fuck, marry, kill, Millie Maker win, Super Contest win, Live final win. Wow. What a great question. Really good question. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Did I explain? So let me explain. The Millie Maker is the tournament on DraftKings and FanDuel where you can win a million dollars on one given Sunday putting a lineup in against half a million people. Mm -hmm. The Super Contest is the Vegas gambling contest where you have to submit five bets every week versus other people in the rest of the country. It's a $1,500 entry, and it's a million to first. And then the live final is you have to win a qualifier to then get to the live final to then play all those people for the million dollars to hold the big check, just for those people that don't. Yeah. yeah. You. This is really interesting for me. Um, I don't know. Man, it's tough because here's what I'll do. I'll kill – I'm killing the Millie Maker. That's easy because I, I feel it's too random. I don't think mm -hmm. it's a true test of skill whatsoever. I understand there's a couple Let's highly skilled some of the prior have, winners <laughs> have won it. Yeah. So, so like I, I get more, I have a lot of, I'm trying to keep my bias out of it. I have a lot of pride having, you know, live final and stuff like that. Cause you had to qualify first and then you have to hit the contest. So that, that's one. I think I will marry the live final victory because I think that's one where at least back in our day, it was more of a uh, you know, destination. Status. We all wanted to go there, right. wanted to hang out with each other and stuff like that. So that's a long-term event. So I'll marry the live final. I'm, fuck, I'm killing the Millie Maker, and I'm fucking the Super Contest. Super Contest is close, man. I, yeah. th that's a huge – what you did last year, finishing the top 30 in Super Contest. Can't believe – I mean, it just doesn't get nearly enough praise um, – I mean, you were lucky as fuck, but I'll take that out of it. it was, <laughs> it's like a I cannot. I, 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 I hate giving you so much said. credit. I, I, honestly, I started choking on my own phlegm because of how much credit I'm giving you. But that super contest is legit. It's a real deal, and it's a difficult thing to do. It's a skill-based game. It takes a lot more skill to do something with a super contest than the Millie Maker. So I'll, I'll fuck that one, marry the live final, and I'm killing Millie Maker. Sorry. All right, So so part of me wants to – all of me wants to kill the Millie Maker. The Millie Maker is like the millennials, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just want to kill them and get rid of it because it's it's the biggest luck box tournament in DFS. Yes. Like rarely is there any skill in the Millie Maker winning lineup, right? Mm -hmm. So, but part of me has just never gotten lucky with anything in my life, I feel like. Like I feel like when I win, <laughs> I have to grind it out. Yeah. And it's like after a while and after a bunch of heartbreak, like, I'd love to just, just one time, just get lucky. Get just be up. like, holy shit, that donkey lineup I put in just won a million. You, you know, imagine? like, I did a fucking Blake Bortles stack with a fucking jet stack, and it won a million dollars, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like I deserve that, you know? Uh, and I get it, yeah. Once, because of all the bad breaks that I've gotten. So I'm actually not going to kill the Millie Maker. I want to fuck that once. It's like yeah. that hot chick okay. in town that's kind of got some crooked teeth, and she's a bartender. And she's but the body's right. amazing. Right, but she's got these really nice tits, and she's something sexy about her, but like you don't want to be seen in public with her. 
Yeah. Like, you know, she's kind of probably fuck three of your best friends. And you're like, oh, I can't. Yeah. But you, I just want to fuck her once. Right. 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 You heard she gives totally. Best your best friends now. fucked her. And you're like, eh, like, oh, you know, but you're like, I want to know what I'm missing. What am I? Doing? Right. Like yeah. I heard she gives the best. I had a girl say that to me um, not too long ago, actually, oh. who I slept with a couple of her friends. And her, this is the best compliment I've ever gotten in my entire life. And I'm going to have her listen to her exact words were, I needed to know what all the fuss was about. <laughs> I was like, really? She goes, because it doesn't make sense. Right. Like, you're a dick to everyone, yet I know you've slept with, like, three of my friends. So it's like, I just needed to see what all the fuss was about. So I was that's, like, that's, that's the greatest All the fuss. Ever. That is a good compliment. That's what I'm saying. There was fuss? What was the fuss? You know? Yeah. But uh, So I'm going to fuck the Millie Maker, and I think I'm going to marry the Super Contest. Okay. Because I feel like that's a 17-week tournament with – very skilled people at a high dollar entry. And that's something you can never take away from someone. Like to be a Vegas super contest winner, oh, yeah. no one could ever knock you down on that because it wasn't just one good day. It wasn't one good week. Right. You know, it's, it basically was just you were the best that year, you know, which, which says a lot. It's like Super Bowl. And I'm going to kill the fucking live final just Done. because I'm so fucking sick of them. Yeah. I'm so sick of these fucking live finals. I'm sick of chasing them. I'm sick of spending money on them. I'm sickest people thinking that they're the biggest status thing ever. And they are. It's a huge accomplishment. I'm pissed for getting fucked. I'm still pissed about the water main. So I'm going to kill the live final. I wish they didn't exist anymore. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if, if I had never won one, I'd say the same thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to be at the one that you won, oh, too. Okay. Oh, I know. Watching you collect the fucking check, the Playboy Mansion. It was one of the worst things ever. Uh. I, I mean, listen. For me, it's great, but it, I also recognize because I'm too aware. That's one of the things that I can't enjoy anything in life because I'm always aware of how other people are like, fuck that guy. Like, I knew I'm standing there with a check, and people are like, fuck that guy, man. He didn't play as long as I have. He's not as good as I And I'm like, ah, fuck. I hate, like, what am I going to do? But again, the fucking, the prime rib that night tastes extra, extra good. Yeah, I remember I was on the bus with you on the way there, sitting next to you and Ted. And I was confident that time, right? Since he did their first good thing, like on the bus, I forget what it was, but I was just like, "Damn, that's a good stack." I wish I had more. The of that. Cincinnati you know? Red stack with yeah, the uh, umpire, yeah, the umpire data, yeah, the umpire data. Yeah, um, so that's uh, <clears throat> let's do another fuck Mary kill here. Okay. Um, Marsha, Jan, oh, or Cindy Brady? What? Wait, now wait a minute. Who did this get sent in via Twitter? <laughs> yeah, sent. How old do they older, think we are? Sent, Sent this in with a raven. It just came by the <laughs> yes. form of raven. It came by telegraph. This just in to the No Mercy podcast. Uh, would you fuck, marry, or kill Jan Brady, Cindy Brady, <laughs> Jan Brady? Stop. Uh, Let's see here. Hold on. So for those that don't know, Marsha Brady is the hot one. Well, the Marcia, hot Marcia, older Marcia. one. She was the only one really. like. She's that's the, the weird one. thing. Is like depends. Like, if you're watching, Cindy Brady's like six. <laughs> and some of this no but she grew up to do porn though all right now we gotta factor that in See, that's, that, that's so, the little plot twist that's why i use this i didn't know if right, you knew if that we're gonna do this which i do not like we're not if we're gonna go down this road let's, be, let's at least understand that we are talking adult versions of all these i'm not oh. <laughs> 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 hashtag okay. me too at least <laughs> Tommy's talking about himself at their same age at the very Bring her to me. (laughs) I can be good to you. Six-year-old Cindy Brady 
Eleven-year-old Jan Brady no. or fourteen-year-old Marsha? <laughs> like how old was Marsha? Marsha couldn't canceled. even have been eighteen, right? What? Marsha couldn't even have been eighteen in those shows, was she? In the beginning, no. But I mean, she eventually, obviously, yeah, I mean, eventually grew up. I mean, listen for all you guys. All right, all right you know us. what? Let's be fine. Then, then we'll fuck eight-year-old Cindy, twelve-year-old Jan, and eighteen-year-old right. Marsha. Much better. Much better. Okay. But no, in all seriousness, now the the adult version of these lads. Yes. Oh, now you're coming around. I, this is my no, favorite part. The little ones. Where Tommy realizes what he's done, he's like, "Oh shit, here we go." I think when I just said and canceled, he just a fucking spark went off uh, in his mind. This, like, hey, can we edit this part out? Oh shit, yeah, just edit this. This whole thing never existed. <laughs> Live from Tommy G headquarters. Hey yo, can we edit this out? Can we do podcasts when nobody else listens? Is that possible? Uh, Cindy, Marsha. Jan, go. Well, it's it's easy. You're you're fucking Cindy because she grew up to be porn, so you know she's got she's good. She's down. Marsha, you're marrying because she's the better one to look at, and even though she's sort of a stuck up twat, and then Jan's just a bitch. Like you want to <laughs> fucking deal with her. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I'm telling on Peter. I'm telling on this. Fuck you. Jan Brady's every ex girlfriend I've ever had. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> God, and, you know, technically, you should wash your armpits after an intercourse. Like, fuck you. What the fuck are you? The hell I you? actually think you would probably. You were so psycho, you'd probably fuck Jan. Jan actually might be the winner. I'm just looking so at pictures weird. of them now. I think looking Jan at might have aged of them? the best. I think Jan might have aged the, bre- the best. The, the breast. breast. <laughs> I think Jan aged the breast. <laughs> Uh, Marsha has that like kind of psycho. Marsha was way hotter when she was young. She did so much coke. Uh, like yeah, Marsha right. Brady we was into all kinds yeah, all right, of drugs. All right, so so this is easy then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fucking. Uh, oh wait, Cindy was in porn. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So do you it's do you easy. fuck the do you do you marry the porn star or do you marry the cokehead? No, the porn star is gonna fuck all your friends and everything. I don't know. I think the cokehead can fuck all your friends more. Yeah, but she wouldn't know she did it. The other one will do it for spite. <laughs> She would not. She would have no. The coke one would just lay there. Yeah, you know. I'm gonna marry the porn star. I'll marry a porn star before I marry a cokehead. I'd rather fuck a cokehead. Can't trust those cokeheads. Trust me. (laughs) Can't trust those cokeheads. Trust me. Little oxymoron. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. Okay. All right. Can't trust Tommy. Trust me. There you go. We took something Um, sacrimonious like the Brady Bunch and turned it into uh, a modern day G Gen. I'm marrying Cindy. Cindy, we're getting married. So, uh, wow. fuck, fuck, uh, kill Jan. See, um, there you go. Okay. Still let's go Jan. a little bit back into week five before we start talking to Kaepernick. So let's look backwards here. Ooh. Um, the week I obviously mentioned a lot about my week. Subs did great. You know, I had a great week. Um, give me some of the highlights and lowlights of your week. Um, the high thing I'm most proud of, by the way, I've got to plug the article cash game lineup review. You folks, the, our, Subscribers over at guruelite.com asked for this. This isn't part of my normal work week. You know, this was took six hours to put this together just so people understood. And for folks who don't understand, Tommy and I are accessible. We're in the chat rooms all the time. If you want to talk and throw things out, uh, I do chats on Friday night and Saturday night on Fantasy uh, Guru Elite and then Fantasy Guru on Mondays and Thursdays. So, you know, check that out. I'll be in those chat rooms for you. Tommy's in the betting I chat. I pop room. in after I won money. He pretty much uh, lives in that betting chat room, but yeah, only when yeah. he wins money. So yeah. um, anyway, but the article sort of explains the process and how I got, you know, after I selected the player pool down. The thing I'm most proud of last week, Tommy, was 
really the the Steelers Falcons analysis. That game with a fifty eight over under. Yep. We knew that ownership was going there. We knew, though, everybody was in play. People were talking up every the tight ends, the 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 fucking defenses for crying out loud. Like I heard angles on this game every which way. So it was the most difficult to really dissect. And the thing that I came out with overwhelmingly is James Conner. And I've been on the James Conner fucking train because you know you and I fought about Le'Veon Bell and his impact. I've been on this train that any running back in Pittsburgh is a good running back for fantasy, you know, since three, four years ago. So it's not new. And the matchup is so good. It was so bad. Atlanta, six defensive starters being hurt. Um, Grady Jarrett, their defensive tackle being out. When he's not out, they average well over six yards a touch on the, or I'm sorry, carry on the ground to running back. So. I had James Conner to me was the, the linchpin. He was the king of this game. I had to get invested, and that took me off the quarterbacks because I don't stack unnaturally because I play cash games. And then I said, you know what? I could pay for Julio. I could pay for Antonio Brown. I thought both were v- great spots. I like Juju. I like Calvin Ridley a great deal. But I said, you know, fuck it. I'm using James Conner. I'm going to pay down because I'm going to pay down for my value option will be in the highest scoring game, which is a good strategy to implement. And I want Muhammad Sanu and having Connor and Sanu in that game, obviously it worked out tremendously, but this is something I'm proud of because I learned the lessons. I forgot the game earlier in the year, Tommy, where there was another 55 over under of the slate and I paid up. I think it was Antonio Mm -hmm. Brown. It was Antonio Brown. I paid up for Antonio Brown. And that was a big juju week where I got five catches, six catches, 80 yards. But it was nothing spectacular out of Antonio Brown. He almost cost me paying up. So that's why I paid down. So the analysis of that game specifically was what I was most proud of coming out of week five. What were you, uh, what do you think your biggest misses were? Oh, every tight end. Um, I, I have not been good at tight end position this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying, you know, this is something I take very seriously. And I'm trying to figure out where I'm going wrong. And it's going to result in me either having to pay up just because I had Ricky Seals Jones. And, I can't get can't do I can't do the zero like I Tight that so unpredictable six targets but zero catches and again I'm happy he got the targets is right where I thought he would be I thought the production would be there but was fortunate tight ends was sort of a shit show all this week but Seals Jones was a a huge swing and miss the tight end position specifically Tommy has just been a big miss for me um, most of this season I just haven't been able to get it right yet I think I got one or two weeks right but. Not not well, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I have a lot of work to do at tight end position. Yeah, I've been noticing that too myself. Um, it's, Same it's position? Tight end. Yeah, really? Interesting. End. Um, it's, it's an interesting uh, conundrum here. One of the nice things I was talking about the other day with is with defense this year. Do you also feel like defense is a little less important than it's been the last couple of years? Like, I feel like in the last couple of years, every Sunday, I was like, oh, fuck. This team scored two defense touchdowns. Game over. It's over. Like, yeah. There you go. Like it's over. And this year, I don't feel like I feel like that much. Um, and I think I know well, why. Maybe because there's no defense being played. Well, I think that's it. Because yeah. even when those teams score a defensive touchdown, they're still giving up 25 points. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you get your six, you know, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get a shutout and a defensive touchdown or two. Like no one is putting up those type of numbers. And I think the other thing is, you know, we're seeing like on average an extra what four or five extra touchdowns a week. We're seeing pay lines be far higher. So teams are scoring 200 now that used to score 160. So a 20 from your defense or an 18 from your defense used to be, 
10% of your total, and now it's only 7% of your total. So I think the offensive scoring has weighted down defensive touchdowns, and I think offensive scoring has weighted down defensive points allowed. So it, it just feels like a much cleaner game when you don't have to hit your defenses. I so, hate defenses a lot, yeah, so you're, I, you're not right. You're not wrong. But are I mean, you feeling it too, though? Like it's not yes. driving you nuts, defensive touchdowns like they used to? You know what? I do feel that way, but I didn't – I mean, you connected it for me. I didn't really piece it together because mm-hmm. what I've been doing – I mean, last year, Tommy, and for reference, folks, we came up with – it was early in the year, too. I was real hot on the Jaguars early in the season, but it was mm-hmm. sort of wait-and-see mode on DFS. And eventually, they were just balled out first three, four weeks. And Tommy and I were on one of our live streams over at GuruLeet.com and said, you know, fuck it. Let's just fucking just lock button this defense. Let's stop fucking around week. and missing. And it was fantastic. It was our best decision probably the yeah. whole year. Just to not we take all the, the variance out of it. We're just going <laughs> Jaguars. We're, we're, like, we're, we're playing $3,500 for a player that has a floor of 10 right. and a ceiling of 25. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we not just doing it every week? Exactly. And so that was a difference maker for us and our subs over there as well. And I think it was a good decision. This year, I've been trying just to go. I, I, I said it on the SiriusXM show the other day. Is that I just want I want the highest on defense. Like I yeah. want to piggyback in uh, in NASCAR. You call it drifting. I, yeah. I want to drift that position because I just don't want to get too far away from the pack with that one. Like that's Drafting, one position because yeah. of the very all the variance in it. If you score a touchdown, if you don't, it's tremendous. But to, but and I felt like that's what I was doing this year. But you hit it on the head. I'm looking at the numbers right now, and the Bears are averaging 14.5 points per game their defense and that's the only defense that's averaging over 10 points a game the Jets are slightly over that at 10.3 and um but again the Bears have had only four games so they don't even have that fifth game to draw everybody else is right around nine eight seven by the like, way I've played the Bears every single week I think right so there you go there you <laughs> they're go. my I mean, they're my basically my Jaguars it's like let, they're gonna get four sacks they're gonna cause a fumbler and they're gonna pick a ball off and their like, schedule is easy af too so it's right. pretty freaking good and yeah, but you're so right we, on on DraftKings, it's you know there's a couple more on DraftKings. like uh jets are at 10.6 like you said and then mm-hmm. you have a couple teams at 10 yeah but like the difference between 10 10 isn't gonna hurt you Right, right. No, you could, you could be fine. If you get, if they get a ten, what we're saying here is, let's say the Jets and they scored twenty six in Week One against Detroit. Exactly. So they've been way under. But let's say that it was stagnant ten, and let's say they score ten every week, and let's say and you're missing on it, but you got the freaking Ravens who are scoring eight point two, or got you know even the freaking Texans who are six point eight, like even that, like all right, you're down three point two points. You, right. I mean, you could you can overcome you three point two points. It's not going to trounce you. So right. that's essentially what we're saying. The variance isn't there, and you know it's interesting because I, I had not made that connection, but it's completely true. Everybody, we thought the Rams defense was going to be great. We thought the Ravens were going to be great. Right. We thought, and, and you look at the numbers and compare to the rest of the league, they're technically are pretty good, kind of, but they're getting beat. Last week, everyone was like, holy shit, this Rams defense isn't what we thought. Then you look at the standings compared to the NFL, and you're like, shit, they're one of the top five defenses in most categories. That's because defense sucks. Yep, that's it. Defense sucks. Yeah. You know, it's 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 pretty much that simple, which is great. It's great for every aspect of fantasy. Last week, for me, um, I thought it went very well. I love the uh, a couple things I'm most proud of from last week. And I'm, I basically just go off my Twitter 
because it doesn't matter what I'm proud of. It's, right. it's what helped the subs win the most, right? I got a lot of comments on double high tight end. A lot. Saying go Kelsey and Ertz, which is something I never do. But I had Vance McDonald as an absolute 100% don't understand why a single person's playing him in GPPs full fade. I, I literally said this is the textbook fade of 40% owned, low ceiling, tight end who's going to get four or five targets. Like even if he goes nuts and scores 19-20 and gets all the people their 5X that they wanted for 6X, he's still not killing me. You know, like I could right. still go battle that so yeah. for me that was the uh, that was the fate and i told everyone you don't get many opportunities where you're going to get a 30 40 percent owned shitty tight end so we have to leverage this so let's go all the way up to Ertz. let's go all the way up to kelsey and if you're gonna go around that price then drop down to njoku who scored 13 so that seemed to be the thing that made the biggest difference um on the subs lineups that won we had a kid win you know one hundred twenty thousand dollars. you know we had a lot of subs win a lot of money over at guru elite this week again mm -hmm. um and then i think the second biggest thing that i got a lot of credit for was telling people to just pick one or two guys you know one to three guys were my exact words from the pittsburgh game and don't lose your mind you know go take your favorites and i listed sanu as a nice leverage play i listed hooper as a possible leverage play and then honestly, you know, Connor, I said, was my favorite play in the entire game. You were even higher on him than I was. So, you know, I think if he did any of those two things, if he just picked off a couple players, you know, get A.B. and Connor or, you know, Sanu and Juju, like, and then you paid up for tight end a little bit and got away from that Vance chalk, um, you probably had a pretty good week. Um, worst thing I did was believe that Aaron Jones was going to get a single carry in the second half. Um <laughs> Uh, that and, and yeah. that, this is not the worst thing. This is something we should vent about, Jeff. Yeah. Because Green Bay should have won that game by fucking twenty. <laughs> like they the really average starting field position for Detroit was like the Green Bay ten, and they missed four field goals and an extra point, and still were within two possessions at the end of the game. That game flow took Aaron Jones completely out of the fucking game at the half, and he was doing what seven carries for forty yards in like you know eighteen minutes of football. And then just fucking disappeared, and I had him on a ton of my lineups, Jeff. And I know you did too. Uh, I I only had him on GPP lineup, but yes, uh, it, you it, started I mean, moving off him late. I didn't really move off of him. I just like for cash games, he he got, and I wrote this as my longest paragraph in the article um, that I wrote up. It, it was just a matter of between him and Marquez Valdez Scantlin. Like I liked both of those two guys, and I was invested in them high. I made the guarantee on the podcast early in the week, and everything like that. And I knew I needed shares, but at the same time, I didn't know how Ty Montgomery was going to be implemented. Is he going to be playing receiver and take away from MBS? Or is he going to play running back and possibly, you know, they, they use him as a pass catcher and take away from Jones? So I didn't quite know. And so it started worrying me a little bit later in the week when I couldn't understand how they're going to implement Ty Montgomery. And that just it kept me off of both. Jones, I didn't have Marquez Valdez-Scantley, a guy I touted in April out of South Florida, NC State, State transfer that I've been fucking high on. Literally, yeah. I mean, before he was even a Packer or everyone thought he wasn't going to be drafted, I was talking about this kid, part of our NFL draft coverage, by the way, folks. And uh, I didn't use him in a single lineup this week. Can you believe that? And he was you know, heavily owned in the week just because, I and I wish I would have, but I, I didn't get there on him because I just didn't end up trusting the situation. And coming out of that game, 
I think I trust Mike McCarthy and that Green Bay Packer offense even less. Outside wow. of Aaron Rodgers, I'm and da, da, Devontae Freedom, uh, Devontae Adams, fucking always get my Devontae's mix. Devante and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you didn't like, even get him, Devontae Freeman. I know. Devontae Freedom. To get to Freedom. <laughs> that sounds like a good drink at Starbucks. Freedom fries. Come in for Devontae Freedom. Only <laughs> this October, you get a Devontae Freedom fest. <laughs> so, uh, though, outside of Adams and Rodgers, man, this Green Bay offense scares the shit out of me because I, I don't think Mike McCarthy knows what the fuck he's doing. He doesn't. He doesn't. I was sitting there going, why is Jamal Williams their pass catching back all of a sudden? Like, what's what's happening right here? But, uh, yeah, it seems like he's just flipping a coin uh, when he's out there. But, yeah, I mean, that was – Aaron Jones was one of the things I was the most pissed about um, because I felt like it was going well, you know? Yeah. I saw seven for 40, like, mid-second quarter. And I'm like, all right, he has a chance of breaking 100. All we need to do is get him in the box. So that was one that, uh, that was a little disappointing for me. And a oh, huge the, uh, disappointment. Big miss. By the way, I just want to yeah, go on yeah. record that I missed it. Like, my guaranteed streak is over four out of five weeks, and it's all Aaron Jones' fault. So I don't want to act like I, I'm skating it at all. It's on me for sure. I just ended up not settling on him for cash game purposes, but I still thought he was going to score 16. Otherwise, I would have sent a tweet out or something like that. And I, but, I absolutely thought he was. But. What? We are partners on this ship. Yes. And you have been carrying the touchdown call and the weird call it's and the true. 5% owned call since week one. Yes. But. And it was time when my boy went down with the Irons Jones ship that I stepped up with my double banger for oh, you. Yeah. Cortland Sutton, Amazing. not only did he score a touchdown, not only was he .01% owned, 0% owned in most tournaments, yep. but he did actually score the first touchdown in three weeks which I said initially and was like, that might be a little too bold. Right. So Cortland Sutton gets in the box, and then the guy Rashad Higgins gets hurt and still gets in the box, Rashad even Higgins only playing half the game. Had a so, good game. Uh, like a real I came over game. to top for you, Jeff, there, and I, yeah, I, I got know. your back. That was my well done. Weeks. So the No Mercy pod yep. remains five weeks straight, giving out at least one, if not two, weird touchdown of the week. Oh, shit. Does that mean we have to do it again? I think so. Son of a bitch. Right Son of a bitch. The pressure is just too right much. Right fucking now. Fuck. But, uh, I mean, outside of that, uh, the only thing I could say I missed from last week was was some fades. A little too underexposed to Stafford, Rodgers game, uh, the Green Bay game altogether. Um, liked Melvin Gordon over Gurley, but I don't really – I don't regret that. I mean, I didn't know there was going to be 70 points scored in the fucking Rams game with a 30-not-42 total. Right. Um, yeah, no, no, no big regrets, honestly. I no. thought it was pretty uh, dead the on. The only other one for me, Tyler Boyd made the cash game lineup, and he did it. Yeah, but that's not bad. That was a fine play. He's yeah, I mean, it, I yeah, played exactly. Him. It was okay. It got me where I need to be, but he's only 45th on the scoring. I mean, I – Yeah, no, but, I mean, that that's not a bad play. He right. was mispriced. You know, you had to play Boyd with his target share and his price at 5,700, in my opinion, at least. You had to play Boyd. Yeah, well, what happened also in that game is Xavier Howard for the – the Dolphins went down early, and he that took him out of coverage on A.J. Green, which I thought, okay, if Howard's going to be on Green, it's going to be more for Boyd. Howard came back in the game then. And he missed you know two series, I think. Came back in the game and then didn't shadow A.J. Green anymore. And I was kind of like, what the fuck's going on here? I was kinda, you know, So that kind of pissed me off a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's, that wasn't a fun play, but no. I don't regret that play. That was the one play I knew on Monday I was playing. So you know, I never regret those. 
You know, those guys that have been my lineup all week, it's like I don't regret those plays because they were so obvious I put them in on Monday. No no regrets. No regrets. No regrets whatsoever on that front. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about week six in a minute. Um, I want to – it is week six, right? (laughs) I basically (laughs) say the wrong We need to get you a cheat sheet. Like uh, six – like a big I really sign above you. Put it on a wall in front of me because I always <laughs> say the wrong weeks and podcast numbers. Yeah. But um, let's do a little Kaepernick talk here because it's been causing a little bit of a stir mm-hmm. on the Twitter.com Uh-oh. today. Uh, everyone knows what went on with Kaepernick uh, taking over as the spokesman for Nike or whatever the fuck it was. Um, in my, uh, my, I believe unbiased. I mean, I, I hate Kaepernick. So maybe it's biased in that respect, but I believe I'm trying to stay neutral. Mm-hmm. On this, um, one of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen a company do, but it's fine. You know, maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. I'm not passing judgment on the verdict just yet because people are stupid. And everyone's going, Nike stock was up when they announced Kaepernick. That's the fucking brilliant move. They sold more fucking shoes. Of course they did because every dumb fuck millennial who has the attention span of a fucking 10-year-old ran out the first two weeks and bought a shit ton of Nike shoes. And then the second, the next fucking movement comes on, they've already forgot about the Kaepernick movement and they're wearing Reeboks again and forgetting they're fucking brain dead. So of course there's going to be a big impulse rush that raises the stock. The stock market was also going up and Mm -hmm. they're, they're correlated. Nike's part of the fucking Dow. So when the market was going up, everyone was like, look, Kaepernick saved the world. Everyone's right. And now that the market's down, everyone's going, it's not Kaepernick. It's the market crashing. So I, and both are wrong. So I posted a little chart. Um, I know people hate facts, but unfortunately they're arguing dead within my wheelhouse as a former Wall Street guy. And I posted a chart showing that uh, Kaepernick and Nike are down significantly more than the Dow Jones, which is the index in which they are, they're housed. So um, this whole experiment right now is losing. End of story. They're losing the battle. The share price is what you hung your hat on at the beginning. You can't change it to sales three weeks later. You started this off saying sales stock price was everything. Then you're stuck sitting on stock price right now. So Nike is losing this battle. But uh, I just saw a tweet here, Jeff, which I know I pointed over in your direction earlier this morning from Darren Rebell saying that Kaepernick applies for a trademark for an image of himself. (laughs) Intends to use this to merchandise and to connect it with self-empowerment and education. So what's your take on this whole Kaepernick situation so far? My thought is this, is I think athletes and former athletes take themselves way too fucking seriously. And the reason they do that is it starts out, same reason you and I played sports in high school, to get laid. And Mm -hmm. we we loved, I mean, I loved the feeling of wearing my jersey on Fridays. I love the feeling of people coming to see me play. I mean, I liked it probably more than the game, if I'm being honest. It's an right, ego yeah. thing. No, the status that came with being a football player. I'll never forget when I went and I was in my senior year of high school and I left school. I just fucking walked out. Back then you could do it. And I went and bought a car. And I came back in the middle of an economics class. With my, but it was my baseball coach. And I knew. And I knew that Mr. Donahue would not do shit. And he wasn't right. going to do shit to me. I knew. I mean, I... I walked in. I I did so much shit. I used to sit on the radiator when I was in school and class and shit. So you get this feeling of accomplishment. You God get complex. Egotistical. Yeah. And but for guys who I still you, have it. You and I got <laughs> a cold water in our face. 
yeah. fucking back in the day. But guys like Kaepernick and a lot of other players, they didn't. They went to college and they excelled. They got into pros and excelled, and and they couldn't do any wrong. The problem is there, there's going to come a point with Colin Kaepernick. Who gives a shit? It's like, that points already here. Let's be honest. Well, it, it is, it, but he, well, not not yet because there's still he's claiming there are still some here. people. But it, every day that passes that he's not in the NFL or doing something like every day for one, like what has Colin Kaepernick actually done? Nothing. Like what? And he stands for what? Loser. Equality and all this. Well, what is he loser. doing to further that? No, no. Let me let me say this. He like what are you doing to further it? Like I'm all about it too. But do something. If it's being a football player and inspiring kids and inspiring people and police to treat people, that's awesome. But you have to do it. The thing what people want is they want to be these role models and leaders and fucking all this shit. But they don't want to do the job that got them to that spot. They don't want to uh, rally people. The way you rally people, the way you be a leader is go fucking do it and show people how it's done. Don't fucking bark orders at them. The dude, to my understanding, he didn't vote in the last election. No, 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 no. So not what is to he your doing understanding. To he did it. not vote. He said that himself. Yeah. He so did not vote. What I mean, he also mocked police brutality on his shoes, if I'm not mistaken. He when he wore was socks playing. with pigs socks. on them with police hats. So this is He this... wore a Fidel Castro shirt to a to an interview. Let's, so what he stands for what Who he's... the fuck is this guy inspiring? What he pretends to stand for is admirable and great. But the problem is he's not doing it because he is not being a face of Nike and getting endorsement dollars. By the way, the only reason Nike did that is because they didn't have to pay him anything because he was already under contract with them. So they just kind of promoted it. So whatever. Nike, probably a good business move for them just saying, hey, well, until you look at their stock recently. But what I'm saying is people never understand that, especially young people. Never understand the fact that, you know, you have to do your primary job, whether you're an actor, athlete, whatever, whatever rallies people, whatever got you there in the first place. Like you still have to do that and be there for people in that capacity. Then you could start talking about what else you believe in. I believe in puppy dogs. I believe in, in this and I believe in that. And I, you know, and it, like I said, Kaepernick's goal and his original point, I think was, was great. I think it's needed and everything else. But to then say, nah, fuck it, I'm not going to play football, and you know, and you know, he's had contracts given to him. He chose not to take minimum contracts. He chose not to be a prove it guy. He never wanted to take the difficult road, other than protesting. And again, the way he could possibly impact the movement he preaches that he is is to do the job. He actually does, or go volunteer somewhere, or get out there amongst the people and rally with those people. But to my knowledge, I haven't seen shit from Colin Kaepernick. I haven't seen him out there in rallies ever. I see him, you know, out in safety. Yeah, he likes commercials. Yeah, he likes issuing public decrees. But he's not doing anything to push his own movement forward other than trying to make himself a martyr that he got expelled from the NFL for doing it, which he didn't. He could have been in the NFL. He chose not to. He wants to be a star in the NFL and do it. And unfortunately, not me, not you, not anybody else in this fucking world has that kind of capacity. Nobody in the world has those kind of rights that we can do whatever the fuck we want, whenever the fuck we want to do it, and still demand changes. That doesn't happen, unfortunately. And the people, I hate the fact that they compare him to Malcolm X or Martin Luther oh King. Oh, my because, God. Because those guys, those Don't guys fucking risked their lives. They risked their lives for equality. They stood for it. They're out in the, for the people. 
They weren't, they weren't on billboards and commercials. They were out there in rallies. They marched on Selma. They didn't, do, they didn't fucking go to the theater and Nike, get a couple million bucks in an ad campaign, then not vote. No, that, that is the problem with our culture today. It's these people that want to fancy themselves as leaders want the easy way out. There's no easy way out. And if he wants to continue having any kind of relevance whatsoever, he needs to go back to being relevant. Thank you. Yep. Good night. I agree. And, and my biggest problem with him and is that he decided to do this after he went to shit. Do, police brutality wasn't going on when you were in college, Mr. Kaepernick. Right. Police brutality wasn't going on in 2013 when you were leading the San Francisco 49ers to a 12-4 and record in a home playoff game. Police brutality wasn't going on in 2014 when you were now falling to 8-8 eight and eight, but still barely hanging on to your job. You decided to start taking a knee after a 1-10 season, after you had just gone 3-16 and 16 as a starter for 2015 and 16, and you were losing your job to Blaine Gabbert, you got beat out by Blaine fucking Gabbert after three wins and 16 losses in your last 19 games. Now, now police brutality exists. Now we need to take a stand. Now we need to take a knee. Now you're sacrificing everything. No, sorry. If you were sacrificing everything, you would have done it when you were 12 and four. You were a second year pro. You were at the top of the fucking mountain and you were 17 and six all time as a starter coming off a fucking phenomenal year taking the Niners into the playoffs, and you were the coming. That's when you would have done it. That's when you were in peak spotlight. That's when you would have been sacrificing everything. Not after you went to shit, got benched, and basically were doing anything you can to become relevant again. So, And then you didn't vote that same year that you started the movement? The only thing you could do is not vote for Trump. If that's who you hate so much, that's what you should have been doing. You've been rallying a get out and vote campaign and you didn't even fucking vote. The one single thing, the easiest thing that 18 year old kids can fucking do. You didn't even fucking vote and you want to be the face of empowerment and education. Fuck you. Fuck out of here. And now I'm racist because I don't believe Colin Kaepernick's no, not a no. piece of shit. No, no, no. No, that, of course he's no. a piece of shit. Folks, let, let, let's be. <laughs> oh God, and that—that's the problem. Is because we I'm you racist and I now. can't sit here. You and I cannot sit here and have a conversation. He's not even without black, it. isn't he? Half somebody white? saying something about isn't he no, half no. white, half we, black? We we are not going down that road. I am not. I don't care. I'll go down the road. I don't give a flying fuck. I'm I'll just saying. Right, like I'm gonna drive my Mercedes right down the fucking road. I don't care. It, it's just the point is that's not the point that's being made. I don't think Tommy or anybody disagrees. I don't look at Colin Kaepernick as a black guy. I look at him as a guy. Totally, totally. His mom's white. His dad's black. And nobody in the world no, it, is saying that changes shouldn't be made. And police of course, no, I'm saying he's bad. killing the movement. It's exactly. If Making anything, him the face of the movement yes. is killing the movement. 
Uh, the movement my problem is the face has, of the movement isn't out there moving anything. He's not. Right. He's fucking sitting in a hotel room. There are people trying you know, tweeting to move every this three movement. months when something comes up. It's like, dude, no, get out there, inspire people. You know what? As an athlete, you know what inspire? I have an eight year old son. You know what inspires him? When Steph Curry gets out in the court and shoots jump shots, he loves it. He adores Steph Curry. He adores Antonio Brown. He, and he loves when these guys are out there doing this job because then he wants to be like them. And then when they start talking about, you know, this is bad and this is bad, as that eight-year-old boy gets older and he becomes 14, 16 years old, he'll start taking a more political stance and having more political views and understanding, wow, my heroes, Antonio Brown, stood for this. And if Colin Kaepernick were playing and throwing touchdowns, hey, Colin Kaepernick stood for that. But when you don't do that anymore and you just become this quasi-weird celebrity on social media – Nobody cares anymore. And, and, and I'm not debating whether that's right or wrong. It's just the truth. It's just the way our culture is now. And that's the fact. You can't sit on the sidelines and sit out, Kaepernick. You can't not vote. You can't not be in the NFL, being even a backup quarterback. Even at that, Michael Vick came back from one of the biggest atrocities ever and apologized for it and, and rose to prominence again and gained a whole new fan base. It's been done millions of times, but you have to start and do it. And Kaepernick's not doing it. That's the problem. Don't, don't get into the fucking race conversation. I it's know, not it's about that at all. Nuts. We are all fucking people. We are all fucking people that want the best for each other. Any fucking the race religion, all that shit. It doesn't matter. What matters is what inspires people. And how is the quickest path to getting people on the right track and not? If there's changes that need to be made, affect change. But you're not going to do that by being a Nike spokesman. You're going to do that by being a quarterback or in the National right, Football pounding League. pounding the streets, being at rallies oh, or, all the time. Yes, being or at the absolute, you're right. Or being right. at rallies like other real leaders of community. Do, do. one or the other. Either get yeah. your ass, you know, find a way to get your ass back on the field or really be an activist. I want to see more of you than Al Sharpton. I want to see you everywhere. I want to see you at every single event. I want to see you at every city that a police officer or there was violence or brutality or racism. Anywhere there's an event, I want to see Colin Kaepernick standing there on camera. Like Al Sharpton's at every event anytime something goes down. Be there. You want this podcast to get really uncomfortable? You want to get really uncomfortable here? Let's get really uncomfortable for a minute. Because... I'm going to bring up the name Barack Obama, and it's a good time. He's like, oh, Jesus. No, I'm going to say this because I live – this is my life. This is not anything to do with anything I don't know. I'm not a political guy at all. What I'm going to say is you're I was not. born and raised on the south side I'm of excited. Chicago. I'm excited. I'm not uncomfortable. I was born on the south side of Chicago, right? I was born in Burbank, Illinois, and I lived there for most of my adolescent life, right? And then we moved to the suburbs and shit like that. But I always have ties back to Burbank and the south side. And when Obama's coming up and shit – the one thing, the reason he got support, the reason he became president is because not one motherfucker, not one person could say that dude wasn't on the streets, giving back to the community. You know who else? Before, when I was a kid, it was Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett was the fucking king on the south side of Chicago. When the Twins came down, there were more Twins fans than White Sox fans. Why? Kirby Puckett would come back. I literally, with my own eyes as a child, saw Kirby Puckett come into the community, into an apartment complex that I used to live at, in a fur coat, handing out $100 bills to the people, fucking talking to people, helping the kids, patting them out, passing out money, buying groceries. He had his people take care. Fucking people love that shit. They took care of, they took care of this community. That's where I was born and raised. And Obama came up like the same fucking thing. And that's why people tried to find dirt on him. You couldn't do it. 
You simply couldn't do it because he was a man of the fucking people for real. He was, he was on the south side. He would, he would fucking walk the streets. He'd go into the bad communities and bad neighborhoods. He would affect change. Like it or not about politics, it's not my point. My point is that's why people rallied around him. Whether you personally agree, everybody, or not, doesn't matter. But that's what leaders do. Mm-hmm. They lead. They're in the trenches. This dude with was you. a quitter mid-game. Yes. Does anyone forget watching him play? Yes. He had one good year. After that, he was dog shit. But, it's so funny when they're talking. Because he didn't like, want to. He didn't want to. He quit. Get he better. Quit. He stopped wanting to be better. He quit every game. He quit. And when like, he got yeah. worse, he blamed other people. And that's the thing. Like, dude, just he got. He's not a leader. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, stop. Stop with Kaepernick. There's a, yo, get behind LeBron James. Get behind someone right. else oh, yeah. who's fucking champion causes. Get behind D. Wade. Get behind Steph Curry. Get behind someone who's fucking relevant and care. These guys care and do more than Kaepernick does. This kid's doing this for himself. This has been about him from the beginning. It will be about him till the end. LeBron James is going out winning a fucking NBA Finals and standing on fucking stage and making strong political statements. Whether you agree with them or not. Right, it does not matter. That I'm a libertarian, okay? Yeah. I hate all forms of government. Fiscally, I'm more to the right. Socially, I'm more to the left. That's me. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a liberal. I'm nothing. I'm a libertarian. Me either, so, by the way. So, yeah, so and that's understand. it. I'm pro-gay you marriage. You not get me on any I, political issues. Right, no, I'm, but I'm I will so say my stance. I'm not belief. afraid of it because I am the right party like the middle i'm the right one you all are fucking nuts on both sides the bible thumpers and the tree huggers they're all fucking nuts on both sides okay i'm on the right party so but at least whether you agree with lebron or not whether you agree with curry or not Dwayne wade anyone else who's at least they're doing it at their peak and at least they're doing it when the spotlight is brightest when they have the most to lose not going to the white house do i agree with that no i wholeheartedly disagree with it but do what you want. Right. I'm not going to judge you for it. That's your personal preference. I don't agree with it, but that's my. We all are entitled to their own opinions. At least they're taking stands when they have a lot to lose. This motherfucker's on a campaign talking about sacrificing everything when he sacrificed nothing because he had nothing. He just lost his starting job and lost 16 of his last 19 football games and fumbled like 14 times. He had nothing left, and that's when he took a stand. It should be sacrifice nothing, reap the rewards of everything, because that's Colin Kaepernick. We'll end it there. Better motto. Ooh, that's a good segment. Better motto. Sacrifice nothing, reap the rewards of everything. Everything, yes. Colin Kaepernick. Be a martyr for And now it's like, why won't teams bring him in the league? Of course you can't now. Because the dude has done so much to just make himself this divisive character. What? No one. Why do you think Tim Tebow got chased out of the league? Because his talent didn't equal the circus that he was going to bring. Right. And it yep. wasn't Tim Tebow's fault. Tim Tebow was just trying to pray, play football and pray. The fucking media right. turned him into this fucking divisive character. He was just trying to put his head down and work. Colin Kaepernick turned himself into a divisive character. So now if you're the New York Giants and you bring in Colin Kaepernick, it's not just a dude who got ousted by the NFL. It's a dude who wore a Fidel Castro shirt. It's yeah. a dude who put police officers and pigs on pigs, his socks. Yeah. It's a dude who didn't vote. It's a dude who's basically running around claiming, you know, making the persona 
of anti-cops and anti-white and anti-this. Yeah, no, you can't bring him on now. You split half your fucking fan base up. So if he was fucking Aaron Rodgers, you better fucking believe he'd be on a team right now. Right. If people thought Colin, Ka Colin Kaepernick could take them to the playoffs, you well, better fucking believe he'd be on a team. Oh, well, I mean, the, the case in point is Eric Reed of the Carolina Panthers. I mean, that's the exact case right there. Eric Reed is a hell of oh, a football Christ's player. Christ's sake, Hardy found a team. Yeah, exactly. Eric Reed came back. He was the guy partnered in San Ray Francisco. Ray Lewis murdered someone. Ray, Ray Lewis literally <laughs> killed a guy. Literally. Eric Reed did the same thing as Kaepernick. He did it at the same time as Kaepernick and is less publicized. He got ostracized for the league. But you know what? He finally said, you know what? Screw it. I got to come back. He went back to Carolina. First week of playing football. Guess what he did during the National Anthem last week? He knelt down again. So people are like, holy shit, this guy. But you know what? I respect the fuck out of that a lot more because guess what? Minimal price deal, playing back up right now, working his way back into it, but still maintaining his beliefs. Right. Folks, that's a leader. That's your leader. Not, I'm sitting out. I need a big contract. I need to be a starting player. No. Eric Reed's more of a hero than Colin Kaepernick. Yep. I agree with you. 100%. Let's give some uh, DFS look-ahead stuff for this week. So uh, how deep are you into the analysis for uh, this upcoming week six, Mr. Mance? I am I was, uh, not quite to the balls, but I'm mostly to the like rim in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you're like, uh, like shaft level? A little bit, yeah, like mid See, some mid, of our podcasts vein. are going to be funny and just strictly us laughing the whole time. Some of them are going to be a little more ranty. We just went on like a whole thing. That's just, good. I love it. This is what I like, man, because guess what? Guess what? All those people bitching right now, like, oh, I wish you'd just oh, get to the picks. Were. Oh, we should just get to the picks. What are you going to do in January? What are you going to yeah. do in January when there's nothing else out there? I'm going to watch Netflix. You're going to need us. You're going to need these rants. You're going to need this chaos. Yes. You, you know them. it's here now. Don't yes. worry. We don't need football to keep you live. Fuck football. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, actually, I like football because that's uh, where I make all my money. Um, what I like, I mean, we have a similar situation. We have games. Everybody's over 50 points, like 58 points for Tampa, Atlanta. Um, it's one of those kinds of things. Everybody Atlanta plays at this point, and Tampa is just such a perfect game. So I think that the big questions are which Tampa running back is going to get the majority of snaps. Is it going to be Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones? Because last game, you know, Ronald Jones coming off this bye week, he is the perfect time to get him going. He's not a good pass protector, but at the same time, they've had two weeks to work with him. He played at the end of the Chicago game in week number four. So, and Peyton Barber was just not effective. They used a draft pick. If they use, you know, whatever, third, fourth round, third round pick, I think, on Ronald Jones, using that high of a pick on a player that's starting to fizzle out, what perfect way to bring him back then after a bye week against a team that absolutely is horrific to stop in the run, gives up a ton of receptions and yardage to pass catchers out of the backfield as well. So to me, Ronald Jones is, that dude is the most interesting player. He is the most interesting man in fantasy week number six. I think I, I, I've gotten 20 questions already. About him? That were which running back on Tampa yeah. is going to go nuts. Because everyone's yeah. sitting there looking going, you know, this running back situation on Tampa is such a shit show yeah. that their highest price running back is $3,900. Right. You know? And we know to target Atlanta. We're not fucking stupid. You know? Like, yeah, we get it. You know? You're basically locked in for, you know, uh, even if you don't get five or six catches, you're locked in for eight points receiving. You know? It's so... It's But Ronald Jones is a guy we were both really low on in the preseason. 
You know, right. I, or, I don't know if yeah. you were as you were. Oh right? God, yeah. And yeah. NFL we were, draft. We I didn't have him in my avoid. top ten. Yeah, and, yeah. We were straight avoid. Yeah. Um, I know Guru was too. So yeah. I didn't want him on a single. Chance. So there's still that bias there where it's like it's fucking Ronald Jones, man. Like, yep. is this Lat Murray, 2.0, 4K guy who just sucks? Where it doesn't even matter what the fucking matchup is, they're gonna just keep. You know, Peyton Barber's more talented than him in my opinion. So like, I want to play a more Peyton Bar Barber. I don't know, man. I, I think I'm just going to avoid. I think this is just dangerous chalk. Not yeah. every running back versus Atlanta is going right. to go off this year. Right, and of course not. Yeah. I think this is the one time where I'm a little too scared to pull. And this is one that's a good conversation because especially for, for me, playing cash games, like for me, it is exactly what you said. It's just too risky. Do, do I want to be the American hero? Of course I do. Of course I want to pick the right guy. Of course I'm going to investigate it. Of course I've talked to beat writers already this week for Tampa Bay and, and get in the inside info that I can. Of course, but even they don't know. Nobody really knows yet. So it's speculative. So the best way to use it is to use it if you're a multi-entry guy and you have some exposure to either or both. Barber and Jones. That's the best way to do it. If you're playing one lineup, right. if you have one contest to enter, if you have only two or three lineups, yeah, this is a you can fade that no problem. It's not going to kill you at all. But I would get exposure to this game in some capacity because there will be points, especially in Atlanta in a closed environment. There's going to be points scored. Jameis Winston, Tommy, he's back this he's week. Are chalk, you interested? Chalky, 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 chalk. Very chalky, 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 chalky. Too much. Now, with how bad is chalk? How bad chalk, is Jameis chalk. Winston chalk is that, though? Chalk, chalk. I mean... No, but is it looking, bad chalk? There's good chalk and bad I chalk. mean, there's good chalk and there's fucking this chalk. I mean, it's like... <laughs> there's fucking... There's fucking this Ronald Jones. This chalk has steam coming out of it? There's Ronald Jones, Jameis Winston chalk, and then there's different... This is shit chalk. Like, this is gar This is steamy. I mean, I stuff. get it. Trust me. 58. But if I tell you that Jameis... Win like, just take out everything else. Okay, what did I tell everyone about Vance McDonald last week on the live stream? Take out the matchup. Take out the last week's performance. Take out everything. Sometimes people let their data just cloud their fucking brains, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why I say it's simpler. It's simpler than you're making it. I'm going to tell you that Vance McDonald is going to be 40% owned. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to fade. Right. End of right. story. Don't even open the next page. Don't even look who he's playing. But Tommy, if I'm going to tell you that James Winston last is going to be 20% owned and the highest quarterback on the slate on the road, don't even don't even look at his price. Just cross him off. Just cross him off, Jeff. Yeah. Just fucking cross him off. Smile <laughs> and move on to the next play because you're going to have a good week. Yeah, I'm. I will not cross him off. Cross but him I, off. We'll fade him. You're, you're, maybe you're right. You could, you consider him for cash. I, I would. Uh, I, I absolutely would consider him for cash. I don't know if that's the yeah, right move to me. make. I mean, Matt not Ryan, me. but he's the most expensive player on the other side. I think is a lot more alluring, a lot more stable, has a lot more weapons as well. So, I mean, if you're looking at this game, you can get Jameis Winston exposure if you really want, just by going to a safer product in uh, in Matt Mike Ryan. But oh, yes. I thought you were going to say Mike Evans. So I'm totally fine. Who did you say? Who else? I thought you were going to say you can get Jameis Winston exposure by just playing Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You, yeah, you really can. Or Deshaun yeah. Jackson or even I'd Chris Godwin. I'd feel more comfortable doing that. 
I feel more got, comfortable if, picking a Jackson or an Evans. Right. And and just marching in that way. I have no problem no problem with that at all. So I um, mean I I can't be more excited about this week. Seeing that the the three highest quarterbacks that I project out this week so far mm-hmm. are Jameis Winston by a lot. Like You're talking ownership. Projection. Yeah, ownership okay. by a lot. <laughs> like yeah. Jameis Winston is like everywhere, everywhere you turn. Uh, Matt Ryan is going to be up there, and Andy Dalton. So when I'm looking at a week mm-hmm. where the three, those three quarterbacks might comprise 50% of the quarterback ownership, and it's Andy Dalton, Matty Ice, and Jameis Winston, I'm sitting there going, I'm going to make some fucking money this week. <laughs> I'm going to make some fucking money this week because two of those motherfuckers are going to bust, without a right. doubt. You know, like this just, just lines up for a fun week over at Guru Elite. Good, good. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I and mean, you look what at it, it like pricing wise with the quarterbacks yeah. and stuff. And I mean, you got it's Jameis Winston on the road against Atlanta. We know how bad Atlanta is, but he's one hundred dollars more than Russell Wilson on the road against Oakland. And I, I mean, understand just, Wilson's yeah. not the same guy. He hasn't been running, but I can go get Jared Goff for like six k. Yeah, like yeah, what the two, fuck am I gonna two hundred dollars more? Two more, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're gonna have to wait and see on you know his weapons and stuff. But I could have fucking Jared Goff or Philip Rivers or something like what? Am I gonna fucking go play Jameis? I don't get it. Right. I don't. I just don't get it. I just can't. I can't. I can't play Jameis Chalk. Right. There's you cha- you have a, a stigma against it. No, no doubt. My Ted Schuster from Guru Elite as well. I mean, he can't do it. There's no. You guys have no chance to get over it. I, I no. can do it. I will do it if I need to. I'll but, just play you know. Cam Newton for sixty one. Well, Cam Newton was a landmine last week that I almost but went even down. But even, even with the landmine, he scored 18 and a half. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, like he still had eight much. carries for 29, 237, two touchdowns. He's still fine. You know, he's fine. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. dude, Jameis could get benched. Could. Yeah, he has that. <laughs> I don't know I mean, if what they if he throws bench three him right in the, the first, first game back, but they, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I just I, I'm really excited about donkey chalk like that. So yeah. uh, let's look at some of the other some of the other positions we're looking at. So that's where the quarterback's going to lie. That's where the chalk's going to be. I think at running back you're going to see it a little more spread out. Spread out, but I will tell you something that's going to make you a lot of money. No one's oh. going to play Tom Gurley. No, no one's they're playing play Todd Gurley. Gurley. No one's playing Todd Gurley. They're going to play him. No one's going to play Todd Gurley. because no uh, he's 10K. Gurley. Is that why? 10K. Yes. Yeah. No one's going to play him. I mean, you'll see smart people play him, but dumb people aren't going to play him. Is they're going to look at Todd think, Gurley? I, at I almost think dumber people are more prone to play him because they don't realize. Oh, no, no, yeah, just donkey it in. But here's what happens. Here's what you're all going to do. You're all going to build your lineup mm-hmm. with Todd Gurley. First thing I did this week. Mm-hmm. Fucking boom. We've all yeah. seen the stats. We've all seen the numbers. It's spread everywhere. Yeah. You're build your lineup with Todd Gurley. And then you're going to go, oh, I'd like a little Zeke or James Conner, right? You're going to go put that in. And then oh, this Adam Thielen guy's really been fucking tearing up the world. Look at all the statistics everywhere. I mean, Tommy G was the only guy playing this guy every single week for the last year and a half. But now we're all on it because we're sharp. No, I'm still not on it. Yeah, I've been a year and a half. I've been playing Adam Thielen every week. But now it's sharp to play Adam Thielen. No, it was sharp to play him at 62, boys. Now yeah. at 85, you're all on. Now who's the sharp? But um, still, still a great play, I think. And then you're like, all right, now I got about 3K left per player. <laughs> like, you know, and then you're sitting you there going, 
I don't want to play like Chester Rogers and Izoma Ooh. and 2K defense. Like, let me just drop Gurley down to like McCaffrey, you know, like, or drop him down to Mixon, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit. Yeah, everything opened the up. The whole fucking world just opened up. So yeah. I think everyone's going to start with him on. And then by the start time gonna... they get to flex, not even by the time they hit submit, they're going to get to flex, Jeff, and be like, fuck, fuck this. Let me just play Z. Let yeah, me just I... play fucking Mixon. That's what they're going to do. I could see them doing that. It's it's build it. You know, build it. Yeah. It's like when you can get Christian McCaffrey, who everyone loves, for well, fucking it... almost 2K less in a good spot. And and then fucking, you know, be able to upgrade Uzoma to fucking, you know, T.Y. Hilton. Like, Uzoma. It's, it's huge, you know? So, like, um, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I don't have any problem with it. Uh, I, I think you could build with Gurley. You could build without Gurley. I like him, obviously, this week. I mean, everybody likes him. It's not saying much. It's all about where are you going to find the value and one of the things I've noticed, and I've actually done more DraftKings research this week than I normally do, knowing we were going to do the pod. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it is, it's a lot harder on DraftKings. On FanDuel, you could do it rather easily. Yeah, I, yeah, FanDuel is easy to get everyone in. It's, it's pretty easy to fit, even at 9,500. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty easy to still fit Todd Gurley in with a bunch of other good plays. So it opens things out. But, I mean, you're going to have to have – it's not about – if you're playing on DK, it's not just about – if you use Todd Gurley, not just finding a value play. You're going to find it. They already have it mapped out, by the way, folks. That's the thing you don't realize. They have who you likely will go to. It's already in the algorithm. It is every single week. There are the value uh, severe underpriced players to find it. The, the key is to find somebody else who mm-hmm. else. If you do a girly lineup, fine. They're going to point you to a value. You have to now say, nope, not taking that nugget. I'm going to take a different nugget. And that one's going to hit instead of the other volatile value. That's how you went on DK in my opinion. And yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they're going to point you right to Jameis Winston. So you're going to go plug Jameis mm-hmm. Winston in there. They're going to point you right over to David Johnson under six K. You know, people are going to see Chris Carson in the mid-fours. Not saying these are all bad plays. I'm just telling you where everyone's going to go. all good plays. As far They're going to go, John Brown's got some upside. You know, yeah. Kiki Kute, he's 46. You know, the, uh, they're going to they're gonna start digging around. Well, I got to save it tight end and go back to Vance McDonald or Austin Hooper or, you know, uh, defense. Uh, I'm going to fucking punt my defense and go play the Bengals at 24. You know, like yeah. everyone's going to be steering in the same directions. So you got to zag when they zig. And yep. that's and that's basically uh I hate when people say you zig when they zag. Yeah. Because if I'm doing the opposite of them, they go We're first. Zigging. You know, first. like they're zigging. So they zig and then I zag. I don't I can't zig when they zag because I zig before they zag. So technically they're the ziggers or the zaggers. Yeah. Um, they're one Ziggers and Zaggers. That's that's yeah. a that's a good name for another show, by the way. The ziggers and the zaggers. Yeah, not bad, not bad. And when you zig, you zag. zag we need zag, to do zag. a. Uh, we need to do a segment on improper terminology, like how we park oh, yeah. on driveways and drive on parkways and things right. like that. Yeah, like we need to do all like things that people say and even we say that just make no fucking sense that we still do. Most so of the shit you say makes no fucking ninety nine percent. Very high none. amount. Yeah, nothing for nothing, but it almost all makes no sense. <laughs> nothing for nothing. <laughs> nothing for something. Nothing for nothing. Who Who's one of your guys that you're really high on and who's going to be your weird touchdown call? Of the you want to hear my weird touchdown call? No, 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 of course I do. 
You already How could I not. You said it. I can't believe you accidentally stepped on him earlier, just moments ago. No, I'm so excited. Chester Rogers, Chester Indianapolis the molester. Colts. I can't believe. I'm like, what the fuck did he really just say? The guy, maybe because he's a guy. Like, I, like I can't him. fucking believe it. So yeah, Chester Rogers. I'm assuming T. Y. Hilton doesn't play. Uh, he's got chest and hamstring injuries. He's week to week. I doubt T. Y. plays this week. Even if he does. Rodgers is just a beast, and what he has done the last couple weeks. Go rewatch these games, folks. It's not just he's making catches, and you know why? You know why I mentioned him actually because it was the last game I rewatched before we got on the podcast. I literally was watching it about three hours ago. Perfect. And he's he's a beast. I'm like, what the fuck happened to Chester Rodgers? Why is he? He's making catches with three guys on him. Tough. He's running after the catch. He's thumping his chest. He's like, it's like, wow, who the fuck is this guy? And he thinks he's a lot better than. We know, and he's been producing the last two weeks. So he is a guy that you, you passes all the eyeball tests, and that you think, "Wow, he's on the come for sure." So I like Chester Rogers a great deal. Um, Jets are a tough secondary. I'm not gonna lie, but if the Jets can score on the Colts, which I assume they can, if Andrew Luck's gonna throw the ball another fifty times, Jesus, this guy's gonna get a dozen targets easy. Yeah, I mean, uh, last week was Robbie Anderson breakout week, so. That was that was very encouraging. I just traded him, Jeff. Robbie just, Anderson? Just traded Robbie Anderson to Mad Lab. I, the trade was oh, before, no. right before last week. I thought I made a great deal. You tell me. Not fucking hindsight. I traded right. Robbie Anderson for Randall Cobb and Christian Kirk. <laughs> That's you you made an amazing deal. Right? How does that like it's still a great deal, even though it was though- Rand, Robbie Anderson and Beasley for uh so Cole Beasley was in. Let me ask uh, you the the quest the real question. Did Mikey start Robbie Anderson? No. That's but exactly. His, team, his team's nine and one. We played two teams a week. So exactly. in his defense, he would it was a tough decision because I was making fun of him. Then I'm like, ah, I don't know if I could have benched that guy either with Robbie Anderson doing nothing. I would have never started Robbie Anderson. Never. Yeah. No. Yeah. No it, chance. it was a really tough call. No. But never, it was great it wouldn't, to even, I, it wouldn't have been tough for me. And I would have been wrong, but I it, no chance I would have started him. So you lost nothing because your opponents got zero out of it. Yeah, Other than a guy who now he's going to be more. I love this. What I love about this trade is the psychology behind it because now he has a choice. Coming off a two-touchdown game, he's going to want to start him because that's him. our natural instinct. Go ahead and start him. He might not catch a single pass. Yeah, never know. I mean, I think he's gone two games without catching a pass this year. So, I mean, yeah, he's gone two games. Oh, no, he hasn't. He's caught at least two balls. But Yeah, he usually catches a couple balls. His his stat nine point seven two point two one point two two point eight then twenty five point eight holy shit so yeah, I don't I, don't, I like the huh. trade because I don't care if it takes three weeks for Cobb to get back he's in a contract year he's the number two receiver in Green Bay no matter what and I, he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be a good guy oh by the way we should talk about our text messages back and forth fucking did you start a Christian Kirk or did you not last week I did okay good. Because you, you texted made my me right up too, so I was on him before the game. Started. Four minutes before you texted yeah. me, and what I thought about that, we both agreed on Kirk, and then literally first play of the game, seventy-five yard touchdown. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even Jesus. see it. I touched man's. I was like, the funniest thing was, I was like, remember who it was between? It was between Alf Morris and Christian Kirk at, yeah. at thirty-seven hundred, and I sent. I told three people. I think you were one of them too, Jeff. I just know Breed is not healthy, and he's going to get hurt. Like, I don't know how, but Breed is yeah. going to leave this game, and I'm afraid that I'm not going to have Alfred Morris on any lineups. And I was like, should I go Al for Kirk? Because I got a good feeling on both. 
And then we decided on Kirk. You were like, ah, I'd go Kirk. And then he's 75-yard touchdown to start the game. Then I also want to take a lot of credit for another text you sent me when you said, what the fuck is going on with Julio Jones in the middle of the third quarter? Yeah. I text you back. Immediately, I go, he's about to break out. Check it. I, I saw it happen. I wrote it in my yellow notepad. I said, the safeties have moved. I literally watched as the Pittsburgh state safeties were just going, they were glide to the other side of the field. Again, away from Julio Jones. And when that happens, I'm like, oh, it's just a matter of time. I thought it was going to be a big play, but he caught like five passes in two yeah. drives right after that happened. So I'm very yep, proud of that. That was a great call by you. Excellent yeah. call by you. Yeah. In-game call, by the In-game way. In-game call. In-game call because yeah. I was sitting on a team that was like, you know, 80th in the fucking Millie Maker with fucking zero from Julio. Um, so I'm going to give you a weird call for the week here. Okay. Uh, which may not seem that weird. But it's someone that zero people are going to play. This man is coming off a five. If you say Todd Gurley, I'm literally cutting the microphone. No, this man is coming off a zero catch, five target, zero yard game. And it's really just not hasn't caught a touchdown since week one. And he's on the same team as the guy we were just talking about, who everyone's going to gravitate towards at a thousand dollars less. They're going to play Robbie Anderson. And they should play Quincy and Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Quincy and Nunwa at 5,600 is getting in the box. And I'm going to double fucking down. And I'm going to say not only does Quincy and Nunwa get in the box, Jermaine Curse also gets in the box. And we see a touchdown from Jermaine Curse and Quincy and Nunwa in the same game, Mr. Manns. The chances of that happening are 0.000001%. Weirdest thing, I swear to God, we did not talk about any of this kind of shit ever. It's never even been brought up. One of my secret crushes of this year is Jermaine Curse, and I know he started out the season hurt and everything else. But nobody realizes like this guy was so huge last year for the Jets. Yeah. He never drops a fucking pass. It just doesn't ever fall to the ground when it's him. And since he's come back, I think he's got at least five targets in every single game. And I know the production isn't quite there yet, but as weird as Jermaine Curse may sound to people out there, this is a guy that I'm secretly on the DL picking up in my deeper seasonal leagues and sort of just stashing because I know it's about to happen and things are going to roll towards him eventually. He's just such a – he was the reason that Josh McCown was having such a good year last year. Yeah, I was good. telling everybody, like, you can, you can credit Josh McCown all you want. But these Jets receivers, Anderson included, didn't, didn't drop, drop a pass. You were obsessed with it. You were the first one on it. And you they don't drop passes, and it's weird because you're used to like, okay, they kept, they jump up for a pass and it bat it away, and no, it never falls. The Jets receivers never drop passes, and Curse is a major player in that. And so I liked it, the Curse call a lot, and I think so this, well, people will gravitate means- towards Anderson. This also means that you got to have at least a little taste of Sammy Donald this week. Yeah. Just get a little nibble. <laughs> Just get a little nibble. Don't go crazy. I don't the know. sixth lineup. That dude is dead behind the nibble. eyes. He is little, dead behind the eyes. A little nibble on him. He's just a little fucking little his, drop. I have a strict policy on how big a player's forehead can be before I just say no. Yep. And Sam right. Darnold looks get like little, Frankenstein. Get a little taste. Get a little just the, just wet. <laughs> Just wet your, wet your whistle a little bit. Wet no. your whistle a little bit with little, little Sammy D. Little Sammy D because everyone's going to be on Crowell and Robbie Anderson. Oh, and the Jets yeah, are yeah. going to score some points. Jets are going to put some points up in this game. Get a little, 
little put, nibble of Sammy forehead. A little nibble. Uh, who's your Who's your guy that you're definitely starting in your cash game this week for? Uh, man. Well, honest, Jordan Howard. You love Jordan Howard. Back, right back. Right you back fucking to- love Joe. Like, did you like lose your mind last week because they had a buy? Like, no. You, did you not even See, know what to do? It's you see all what they did with his price on both sites, right? They dropped it again for no yeah, reason. But I mean, he kind of deserves it. No, I mean, no. Why? Because he because they were up forty points and he got taken out of the game. In no, favor not that the, game. It's That's the been, only game he's not done well. Been fine. He's two he's X gonna to get you eighteen game. touches plus. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his his touches twenty seventeen twenty six, and then last week eleven, and last week everyone, oh my god, I can't, I gotta get Tariq Cohen because he's a thing. He's not Tariq Cohen. He's not a thing. But Howard sucks. No, he doesn't suck. Dude has rushed for more yards the last two years than everybody outside of Todd Gurley. Get out of here. Yeah, Yeah, I hate. I don't. You can hate him all you want, but I don't. I don't (laughs) care what it is. He's a productive player. Always, always he gets has the touches. He's bad. there. He's safe. You like yeah. David Johnson? You mentioned that, huh? I do like David. Look at you listening to I, shit that yeah. I say every now and then. I do like Not David Johnson. He's one usually of those someone guys. just texts me like, "Hey, I was listening to Jeff's show. He said he likes David Johnson." I'm like, so, "Oh, great!" You, I can you go were texting, Jeff. "Hey, man, just shit on our entire staff except for you." Oh yeah, that's right. yeah. I'm like, I can go and fucking, I can, yeah. I can go and do a show with Jeff now and claim I listen to his show, and I'll it's just so drop awesome. that little tidbit. That's fucking phenomenal. I if I followed you on Twitter, that would be the exact same thing. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, Minnesota is a tough run defense. I'm not. I'm more bullish on David Johnson the whole rest of the year than I am for this particular matchup. But I still like it. He, it's just a volume play. Remember, David Johnson's not the player that you thought he was. It's not this. He in this offense, he's not a prolific pass catcher. Not that he couldn't be. He just they don't do that thing. Simple. It's right. You look at these mm-hmm. numbers and pass and run ratio, and they don't pass the running backs, period. They're not going to start. It's not happening. So he is a more of a full-time feature running back, and he's going to get the majority of the workload, and every single time they're in the red zone, they give it to him. He is the third highest red zone rate of any running back, uh, third opportunity share, I'm sorry, of any running back in the NFL this year already so if and when arizona moves the football gets in which i think they can move it via the air against minnesota i do like it so i think it's more sneaky i like him a lot as that schedule softens up after this minnesota game but definitely somebody i have my eyes set on i mean i I, listen i i love todd Gurley. like jordan howard like adam thieland i i like everybody in all the receivers in tampa bay atlanta um Smoky Brown is definitely in play. Smoky, Smoky's my play of the week. Yeah, well, I was Smokey's I was gonna say, but I feel like it was it's too out there by now. But I, what I love about it is he's a deep player. I think he's top five in the league in average depth per target at wideout, and that's what Tennessee struggles against. In Tennessee, when you put Malcolm Butler's back to the quarterback, it's a problem, and he's demonstrated time and t- time again. He had a good week last week because they didn't throw over his head. I don't know why people don't do it, but Miami didn't fucking do it. Or, I'm sorry, Buffalo didn't do it. They did try. They did say Jones deep, but they couldn't connect. But um, nah, I don't know why they didn't do it, but they should, and John Brown is going to do it. He's going to be a cash play for me this week, Tommy. Yeah, I think he should be. 
Yeah. I think you should be. I just saw your tweet. <laughs> oh, shit. Which Tommy one? G and I talking about Colin Kaepernick <laughs> and Nike head. What could possibly go wrong here? Everything. Uh, you, I, I have had every executive of our company hit me up during after I tweeted that, by the way. Every <laughs> single person, like, you guys aren't really. What are you saying? Oh, sucks for you. We don't, sucks we for don't everybody edit. else. Can't stop us. You know, Rap, Rappaport says he doesn't fact check. We don't edit. <laughs> so yeah, we, we just send it over to the editors and tell them to just slap a beginning and slap an end to it. Like, Put loud music in, the middle, in the middle somewhere and let's yeah, go. Turn the volumes up and down a little. Make sure we don't sound crazy, but leave all the words. That's it. But uh, that's it, Jeff. Any final words for the people? Um, nothing. Let's fucking let's stay cashing, motherfuckers. I know that's your tagline, but that's that's like has been true to a T over oh, yeah. a release this this year and. Uh, we're fucking, we're, we're crushing this shit. So, man, let's keep it going in week six. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, great week of gambling last week for us, too. Um, I know I had another another fire Sunday, up 30 units over the last two Sundays. Yeah, speak so. for yourself on that. But, you didn't uh, do bad. You were, I know. You were, I think you were like three and four or two and three. You were right there. Yeah, it's. You've been hovering right around the Mendoza. Do, 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 I'll line. tell you the one thing that burns my britches about that shit is fucking not hitting the over on the fucking James Conner catches. How does he not? Yeah, get that's over? crazy that he only had number four. I mean, because the crazy. reason he didn't catch more balls is he's prolific. He had four catches for 75 yards. Yeah. And that's why you didn't get that another catch because every time they that's threw it weird. To him, you, you usually when you do a prop like that where you take the over on receptions and yards, yeah, you either hit both or hit none, and yes. you just you doubled more than yes. doubled the receiving yards and just missed the uh, dude. And you know, I mean, just so everyone's aware, like I I do prop bets during the Super Bowl. I'm not a prop bet guy normally. I'm a team bet guy only. I don't do a lot of props. I literally bet fifty on each of those props this week. Literally that I never, this is, I know you guys don't, if you don't know who I am, haven't followed my work, fine. You don't understand. Yeah, you're not. It doesn't player. happen. It's just, yeah. I don't do it. You're not I was gambler. sure it was free money. And I took bad odds. I had bad odds and everything. I just said, this is free money. They're giving away money. I'm just going to take that money yeah. and, uh, you know, split it, split the difference. Thank so God I was, didn't notice it because I probably would have put like two grand on that. on like 10 different dude, books. Yeah. So I'm I was, glad I, I was noticed that, but. Get over to GuruElite.com, sign up for the gambling package, obviously sign up for the DFS package. We got weekly packages, monthly packages, every sport. We just launched hockey again. We have NBA coming up. We'll have NCAA betting coming up. Mad Lab's crushing MMA. Be back with that in a couple weeks once the fights start back up. Everything we do, we do better than everyone else. That's basically what it is. We do what you do. We just do it better. So for Jeff Mans, I am Tommy G. Good luck. Stay cashing, motherfuckers. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. Ain't no mercy. Ain't no mercy.